Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Spilled Tea. Wow, that was boisterous, wasn't it? It was like, hello. Um, Hi, Joe. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to uh, to have one day out of the year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. Excuse you, too. Your birthday as well. Oh, fair point. Fair point. See, he tries to play. Guys, don't listen to him. He tries to be like, oh, nobody cares about Joe. Everybody cares about Joe. Okay, so don't listen I, to him. I'm very lucky. Very lucky. Yes, I have a lot are. of people that do care about me. Um, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers, brothers, uncles, cousins who fill that role, um, the single dads as well. Um, I feel remiss to say this because it's not Mother's Day, but happy Father's Day to the moms that play both roles. Um as well as all the pet dads out there, because you can't figure it's the pet dads. Um, yeah. How are you? Uh, and the grandfathers, by the way, and friends who fill the father role. Um, how are you spending your Father's Day? Well, um, we have some family coming over. Uh, my wife's parents are coming by when um, mm-hmm. when – uh, my stepdaughter gets back from her dad. She's spending time with her mm-hmm. dad on Father's Day. Aww. And so we'll, we'll have a little barbecue, you know, just kind of chill out for uh, for the day. Just a, a good day to relax. Oh, that's nice. I, I um, sent Father's Day uh, text messages to all the dads in my messages. And I, in my text, and also I tried to, like, any guys that I'm friends with, on Instagram and Facebook, I tried to send them messages. But my cousin, who is my godbrother, I sent him a message and I said, you know, happy Father's Day. And he's like, the best thing that you could do is say happy Father's Day because that is just like, he's like, that's the best gift. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't expect him to say that. You know, like you think that, wait, let me just read exactly what he said. Thank you, Cool M. Any real dad will tell you just a shout out and to be left alone is the best gift ever. Like, he's just <laughs> such a amazing guy. Like, to hear him say, I was shocked. I was really shocked when he said that. Um, and, yeah. And I'm doing my shout out early. I want to shout out Elliot. Um, Elliot, this is his first Father's Day as he came out as a trans man last year. So happy Father's Day to you, Elliot. Proud of you. And I hope your Father's Day is as amazing as you are. Oh, you definitely have to meet him, by the way. You and Elliot would get along so well. He is, like, intellectual and funny and witty and, oh, my God, I have to introduce you to. I really do. Um, Maybe I'll have him on next time. Yeah. Um, 
So let's get into the topic. Speaking of Father's Day, um, how do we, well, it's not even speaking of Father's Day. So this woman, she owns a coffee shop. Her husband was out doing a construction project. He was the head of the construction project. And he was dealing with someone who said a racial epithet to him. Well, not to him, just, well, no, it was to him, but it was, he's white, and the person said a black racial flirt, called him the N-word. And so he said it back. And the, the wife found out about it, and she fired him. Um, could you, the, the question I'm asking, now she's getting back for, you know, oh, that guy has grounds for divorce, blah, blah, blah. But my question to you, Joe, is could you fire family? So in the broader context, um, you know, of, of whether I could or could not fire somebody, absolutely. I, I, I could fire a family member. Um, because, you know, for me, it comes down to still doing the right thing. And just because someone mm-hmm. is a family member, you know, if it, it was, if it was like a minor breach of policy or something, you know, like, oh, they were late, you know, I, I'm not, I'm probably not holding them accountable in those situations because it's just not, to me, there's, there's no benefit to doing that. And you're better off just mm-hmm. having a conversation of saying, hey, listen, you're, lo- you're making me look bad as, as the right. person who controls, you know, who gets hired and fired. You're making me look bad. But this is the part where, where you know, you know that, that things get a little muddy. If someone in my family did something really bad, like if they called somebody the N-word in front of, you know, you know in, in public or, you know, in private, whatever, and it, was, it became a thing, yeah, I got to fire that person. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, so my thing is I try not to work with family for that reason. But yeah. if I do work with family, I want to set myself up for, I know this person inside and out. I know what they're capable of. I know what they're capable to bring to the business. And I also know their personality. How do you not know that your husband would say something racist? Granted, he didn't initiate it, but he repeated it. Um, how do you know that he's not like that? And then if you so do know he's like that, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I have mixed emotions about this, this whole scenario because mm. in, this, in this case, the husband mm-hmm. uh, repeated the exact same phrase that was said to him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do I think it's right for him to repeat it? No, no. of course not. But I also don't think it's right for someone to hurl that without having, you know, some mm-hmm. expectation of a response. And mm-hmm. so I also feel like, you know, some of the backstory is, is also important. Um, this guy got in trouble and his, his, his you know, his wife uh, had, had this big public situation with, um, you know, with employees saying that, you know, she had to be more culturally sensitive and racially sensitive. Um, because there were some incidents that happened in the coffee shop, one of which, and I, actually I think two of which included her husband. And so for me, 
when you have your mm-hmm. husband involved in a situation where, and, and so this is where I, actually where I kind of feel like I'm, I'm at a crossroads. Some customer in there apparently was causing a scene. And mm-hmm. they basically said, you either call the police or you serve me. And they, so they were screaming at one of the, you know, one of the employees and, and cussing them out. And so the husband called the police. And, of mm-hmm. course, in, in, in today's world, this gets amplified into a big story, and it turns into it's not just someone being, you know, a, a, an unruly customer. The, the race component gets, gets layered onto it. And so you're, you're left to wonder, you're left to wonder, is this really someone being racist, or is this someone who oh. is just dealing with a Karen? Right. But the thing is, you don't say that word. The person that said that word should get in trouble, but you also don't repeat it. How old are you that you don't know not to repeat that word? I don't care if it's being called at you or not. Don't repeat it. Agree. Like, how old are you? Agree 100%. Like, (laughs) I mean, seriously. How long have you lived in in the world that you don't know that? Like they're both wrong. And no, and no, yeah, and no offense, you're in San Francisco. Like that, that you're mean, talking about a state and a locale that's pretty culturally sensitive. So mm-hmm. you you know you're gonna get called on that shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, and, and um, the fact that he's already under he's already on the radar for some of the stuff that he's said mm-hmm. and done before. I feel like you you gotta know that like. Even if someone does say that to you, saying it back is just a really, really stupid move. Like I said, if you know that this person in your family is capable of such bad behavior, why keep them employed? I don't care if your husband is your husband or not. He's already had one incident and she let it go, and now this happens. That's bad on her as a boss. And she had two yeah. incidents. There was a yeah. there was a customer that, oh, t- that touched okay. the tip jar. Yeah, mm-hmm. that touched the tip jar, and he was like involved in, and I guess you know tackling this person to the ground or holding this person down. There's some other story about yeah. There was oh my god! This dude That's like too much. You know he he's got he's got some history, and you know whether or not it just happens to be. Uh, a, a black person or not is is merely incidental mm-hmm. because once you start seeing that this mm-hmm. is a pattern, how do you how do you mm-hmm. not argue that it's it's it, it's his personality? It's indicative of something inside of him. So I don't know. I would have fired his ass too. <laughs> I mean, sorry, boo. I, and you maybe you need to get a new husband because sometimes we associate pe- with people like that. And other people assume that you're exactly like that person, you know? So, just saying. Um, Speaking of that, Chrissy Teigen put out an apology. Um, If you don't know, Chrissy Teigen has been off social media for quite a while, I like to think a month or so, because it was discovered that she was a mean girl. She was a cyberbully. And she cyberbullied people to the point of, not just calling them, like, trash, but telling them to take a dirt nap. 
And she did it to a 17-year-old who got married to, like, a 50-year-old or something like that. Courtney Sodden. Um, Courtney never spoke up about it, but somebody found Chrissy's old tweets and direct messages Chrissy sent to Courtney. Um, yeah. I read Chrissy, Chrissy's, oh, sorry, Tigan. It's really Tigan, not Tegan. Chrissy Tigan's um, apology. Personally, no, I don't forgive her. Um, here's why. If you are a bully, even if you're a former bully, you should admit it and move on. Hey, you know, I used to be a bully, but I'm not anymore. But instead, she kept it to herself. She was big on cyberbullying, and she never once said, you know, being a bully is wrong. I should know I was a bully. Instead, it was like almost like I was shocked when I saw those messages. I was stunned that she would do this. A grown woman sending messages to a child telling her to take a dirt nap? What, what are your thoughts? on this whole situation? So I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about this too. I mean, I look at the situation and I say, you know, here's somebody who, and, and, you know, the, the response in her apology was well thought out. It was, it was well written, well crafted. Um, and it seemed to me to be pretty genuine. Um, I think the, you know, the problem that we always have, and, these, and, and I, I know we've talked about this before, like what you say, especially on social media or online, is there forever. Someone's going to find it. Someone's going to go back, and someone's going to dig it up, especially if you're in, in, you know, in the public. And I think that's where we run into you know, to, to kind of some, some conflict with there's a lot of people that say a lot of dumb shit, and there's a lot of people that, you know, in her case, she was doing it for attention. She willingly admitted that. She willingly did, you know, did it thinking that she was insulated from, you know, from, from any reproach because of the fact that she's a celebrity or she's famous or she's, you know, married to John Legend. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know, to me, her apology seemed genuine. It seemed like she has learned from the situation based on, you know, at least the words in her apology. And so, you know, I'm going to reserve judgment. But what I will say is this. If she's genuinely sorry and if she genuinely wants to make up for, you know, saying these terrible, horrible things about someone or to someone, um, let's see what she does to try to help solve the problem in general. Let's see what she does to try to not only address her own missteps, but also to help to improve the cyberbullying and, you know, the online abuse for others as well. Let's see what happens. Um, I'm, I'm, I've never been like a huge Chris, Chrissy Teigen, uh, if I'm saying it right, correctly. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been a huge fan, but, you know, there's times where I find her to be funny and witty and engaging and, you know, she does stuff with John Legend, you know, and, and herself where it's, you know, I, I find it to be amusing, but, um, but this is unacceptable. So let's see if this is not, you know, if this is just a, uh, a, a superficial public apology or if she's actually going to 
try to, you know, to promote some kind of change or help to facilitate some kind of change to prevent this stuff from happening to others. And that's exactly my point. She should have done that from the very beginning. Knowing how she was in the past, she should have came forward with this and she should have done exactly what you said right now. She wouldn't be canceled. Because we have other people, and we can just talk about it because it's kind of connected. This guy, Taylor, um, was walking to get something to eat. This was sometime, I can't remember last week what day it was. Saw Nikita Dragon <laughs> getting into a car. She was escorted by a guy, and he immediately recognized her from her social media because she has 9 million followers on Instagram alone, and she's got her own cosmetic line. She's millions of followers on YouTube. She's an out and proud trans woman. But Taylor saw her with a dude and then went to the security because he, he recognized that the guy helping her was a security guard as well. And he said, hey, your boys get into a car with a dude. You know that's a dude. So then he did the video showing all of this. And Nikita responded back saying, you know, people don't understand that when you out a trans person in a derogatory way, she's out already. That's fine. But when you out a person in a derogatory way, it endangers the lives of everyone involved. Like it would be like me and Joe hanging out, right? And somebody seeing me from social media coming up to, um, so let's say me and Joe go out to dinner and we're having fun and we're laughing, giggling, whatever. Giggling, I don't know why I said that. Anyway, um, <laughs> someone coming up to Joe and saying, can you tell that guy that that girl is trans? And then putting my whole, our whole exchange online, making it seem like we're on a date, when actually I've known this kid since sixth grade, here's my point. Taylor had no idea the situation going on between Nikita and this person. And he put it online simply because he was transphobic? Maybe. More so because he knew what he was doing. This guy wanted to go viral on, he was number one on Vine or something. And I don't know if anybody even remembers what Vine is, but Vine was an app that you put posts like videos. It was before TikTok. He wants to go number one on OnlyFans. So I'm thinking he was a cyber bully. He's calculated. He was a cyber bully. And then he did this apology that was so stupid and, and unthought of. And at first he's apologizing because Nikita had said people have committed suicide and stuff like that. So at first he apologized about that, and then he said, well, people aren't, aren't being honest. Um, you know, trans people need to be honest. And then he goes and says, well, I'm not transphobic because I kiss dudes. And then he goes back and says, well, Nikita's not who she says she is. Point is, he and Chrissy Teigen, I feel, uh, run neck and neck. They know what they did was wrong. They apologize. But I feel like the apology has no real weight on it. Um, I, I don't know. That, that's just my opinion. Joe and I are going to disagree about that, but I just feel like when you're a cyber bully 
you know exactly what you're doing, and you look to the future, well, if I just apologize, everybody's going to forgive me. Eventually, I'll be forgiven, so I can just be an asshole right now and then apologize and say sorry later. That's just the way it is. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think I think it again comes back to is someone just apologizing because they have to or someone apologizing mm-hmm. because they want. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you can tell the difference between the, those two responses. The apologies, to me, came across very differently. One was an apology mm-hmm. that, again, I, I feel like Chrissy's apology seemed much more genuine and much more okay. introspective and, and also much further from the epicenter. Like she could have given a half-hearted apology for something that happened years ago and it would have come across that way because we see it all the time. But I feel like mm. in this particular situation, you're, you're, you're kind of seeing a tale of, of two, two apologies. One seems mm-hmm. much more genuine. The other one just seems dismissive and doesn't really address the issues that, mm-hmm. that are uh, on the table. And that to me is, mm-hmm. is, is a big difference. And like I said, you know, because this story is still evolving with, you know, with, with Chrissy Teigen, um, we're, we're still, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about this because there may be a, a, an additional response. There may be more to the right. story because she at least, again, she seems more thoughtful. But if she does nothing beyond what she's already done, then I think we're looking at a, a situation where it that then becomes much less genuine of a response. It becomes much less of a heartfelt apology as opposed to the, you know, the apology tour that's gone because you don't want to tarnish your brand. I mean, it's already costing her money. It's already costing her endorsements. Yeah, it it's already you know, costing mm-hmm. her, you know, the, the, the adoration of, of the public. So, mm-hmm. you know, is it, is it genuine? That I think we're going to find out. Whereas in, in is, is it Tyler, Tyler's case? Taylor. He's, Taylor. Yeah, mm-hmm. Taylor. His, his apology seemed half-hearted. Oh. He then, then qualifies it. So you know that mm-hmm. his apology is literally just either an attention-seeking grab or just mm-hmm. him, you know, trying to uh, to appease people to a certain degree so that it gets the heat off of him. But you're right; he's right. probably, uh, you know, he, he's he's probably doing it for all the wrong reasons. At least, and that's how it's presented in the public. And I think at the mm-hmm. end of the day, either either case, you don't know what's in their heart. I don't know what's in their heart. I hope, True. you know, I hope that deep down people will be re- remorseful for for being hurtful to other people and learn from it. And you may not learn in the moment, but if you at least eventually learn from it, then fantastic. But if you're an asshole and you stay an asshole, mm-hmm. then that's on you. True. And to be fair, I do see your point that Chrissy's apology was well-crafted. Was She never once went back and blamed them she took all the responsibility. I just wish that this apology came two years ago, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, the apology is too little, too late. Don't apologize after the fact. Apologize, like, right now. Apologize when you know that you fucked up and when you realize it. Why does it take somebody yeah. outing you to give this apology? That's my point. Because being somebody who was bullied the way that she bullied Courtney, I just wish that as we get older, we apologize first and worry about the fallout 
of people finding out what we did later. I don't know if that made sense. No, but, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. In the moment, though, yeah. I will say, in the moment, right. most people don't realize that. I mean, I think about, mm. you know, when 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 uh, when when I was growing up or, you know, being an ag mm-hmm. and I used to bust everybody's balls. I didn't take it as, mm-hmm. as bullying at the time. But when I think back right. about busting people's balls about their, you know, about making mom jokes or, or whatever it was, you know, we used to, we used to bust mm-hmm. each other for literally everything. And when I think mm-hmm. about what, what things were like back then, I didn't consider it bullying. But if there's anyone mm-hmm. that I genuinely hurt by anything that I said, I feel, I feel, I do feel terrible about that. And, you know, and, you know, let this be my public apology for anything that I've ever said or, or done to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I never meant it as something that would leave a wound or a scar on anyone. Mm-hmm. And I think looking back on situations, I, I genuinely believe that in the moment, sometimes people don't realize. And you just hope that mm-hmm. they, they do come to a point where they, they recognize that words do hurt, words do impact right. people. And sometimes those those wounds or scars that are left... Um, it may not be your intent to, to cause them, but you should definitely mm-hmm. apologize if you if you realize that that's what's happened. And and I totally get that people can grow. Um, I think it's important. I'm not the same person I was a year ago, but my point with Chrissy is, it seemed like she was a really good, growth person. I don't, and so for her not to admit it right away, knowing her past, I don't understand. Like, like with Kevin Hart, when it was exposed about his tweet, at first he was like, they're just jokes. I don't like when people say that. It's not a joke. Someone's sexuality is not a joke. And then he came on Ellen and he gave one of the best apologies that I've ever heard from anybody. And I totally accepted his apology, and I've moved on from it. But I just, I, I don't know. Like, I understand, for example, this person, you and I both know this person bullied me in high school. I understand he's not going to realize how bad it was in the moment. I get it. But then years later, actually in 2010, when I reached out to him through MySpace, I actually said to him, you are a horrible fucking human being. This is what you did. This is what you said. This is how you made me feel. And he actually apologized. And I was like, well, that felt good. And then, of course, you know, years later, he is reverts back to the person that he was. But my point is, I'm okay with people growing. But when you grow, you have to look back and say, what type of person was I back then? And if you're a celebrity, I feel like it's almost your duty to admit it. And, and it will inspire other people. What if you are the school bully, you grow up, you become super famous, and you, you come out and say, you know what? I was the school bully. It took this situation for me to change my life. Now I am different. And I apologize to all the people I hurt. I apologize to all the people that I said nasty stuff to. I am sorry. When all these people come out with your old tweets, your old messages, all these incidences, 
Well, you've already admitted it. So the sting hurts a little less. But for you to have been the bully, keep it a secret to yourself, go about your day, and then all of a sudden you're outed as a bully, I'm sorry, that's karma. That's karma. And you have, I guess, not you specifically, but if you were ever a victim of bullying, you would get how horrible it is to admire someone and revere someone and find out they were a bully. It's like I was friends with my bully. You know, almost that's how it almost feels like. And ugh, it just feels gross. I wasn't a huge Chrissy Teigen fan, but I liked her. And so finding out she was just as bad as some of the people that I dealt with in my life made me kind of feel gross, I'll be honest with you. Like, ugh, disgusting. I feel so nauseous that I even, like, followed her at one point and, ugh, thought she was funny. That's a fair criticism. That's a fair criticism. Yeah. Yeah, so... Moving on to, um, I want to get the tough stuff out of the way. <sighs> Title, what is it? 11, wait, it's the Roman numerals are confusing. No, <laughs> I think it's nine. Title nine, yes. Um, passes making it a federal law to prohibit sex-based discrimination in any school that receives federal money. Um, any school or um educational program, excuse me, that actually includes transgender athletes in public schools, but not private schools. Um, do we feel this is a step in the right direction? How, how do you feel about this? I definitely think it's a step in the right direction. Um, I think inclusiveness is, you know, something that is going to be an increasingly, you know, debated topic over the, you know, over the mm-hmm. coming months and years because because of the fact that, you know, the, 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 the demographics of, uh, of American society continuously change. So we're, we're mm-hmm. never, I think we're, we're always evolving. So we're going to have these conversations. We're going to have these situations that um, allow us to be a little bit introspective and, and try to, you know, try to make things right, try to, you know, offer protections to people um, that should, should have been protected in the first place. But, um, I mean, but I think it's yeah. a step in the right. <laughs> it's a step in the right direction um, because mm-hmm. every every positive step is a step forward. And to me, you know, any, anything that we can do and any law that we can modify or change or change the interpretation of that that helps to include a community or to include a group of people that were marginalized for any reason is a is a positive step. Um, mm-hmm. Is it enough? I mean, is it is it ever enough? But I think it's we're moving in the right direction. Right. I, I agree. Um, the only thing I feel bad about is now I'm sure we're going to hear increased, um, increased and tougher life for trans students in private schools because they are not mm. federally funded. So we're going to hear some really terrible stories now. Um, we'll probably still yeah. hear some terrible stories from public schools. I'm, I'm assuming, even though the laws have changed, there's still going to be 
um, some stories we're going to hear, but I think it's going to get worse for private schools. Um, yeah. Which sucks, which really sucks. Um, but that just means any trans person in a private school needs to just go to public school. Hey, you're a little bit safer, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, if you look at the backlash in a lot of communities, though, the backlash in, in, in you know, when, when, uh, when historical black colleges started mm-hmm. to, uh, to emerge as an, as an alternative, as an opportunity for, uh, for black Americans to, you know, to continue their own education in a, in a, in a safe environment, um, you know, the argument always comes up about funding and, you know, it, it, it always ends up being this, this backlash that, you know, that then people then have to continue the discussion, which I think is, is probably the, the best case scenario for any marginalized community. As long as the discussion continues, it allows a greater opportunity to foster change. And I think that's the most important part about having these conversations and about, you know, about having – um, you know, having uh, opportunities to modify whatever it may be, whether it's the law or whether it's practice or whether it's funding, um, having the ability to do that and then forcing the conversation to be out there so that people can continuously modify and address issues that come up because this won't be the last we hear of it. And who knows, mm-hmm. you may hear of your first, you know, your first trans college that, that you know, that, that, right. uh, that evolves, you know, mm-hmm. so there's, to me, there's opportunities and, um, and continuing the discussion, continuing to have this stuff be in the public sphere. Oh, you're breaking up. At least become lesser marginalized because there are, uh, you know, there are people that are, are publicly saying, this needs mm-hmm. to change. We need to fix this. Look at this incident. Oh, here's another example of, of somebody who's trying to, to push, push us back into the, you know, <laughs> into the dark ages. Mhm. True. True. Um, speaking of pushing back into the dark ages, <laughs> Senate makes it le- uh, a federal holiday for Juneteenth, which was June nineteenth yesterday. Um, where it comes to pushing back in the dark ages, we had, and I showed Joe a couple of people uh, had, and I, I don't think I didn't see you, Joe. Um, Voltron <laughs> is a cartoon that I watched as a kid and they posted a picture of one of their black characters in the forefront and said happy Juneteenth and the backlash they got from literally a handful of people why call it Juneteenth that sounds so uneducated this sounds like Ebonics blah 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 so I told Joe about it and I was telling him, you know, where it came from, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, good thing I didn't see it. Oh, next thing you know, Joe likes a couple comments on the thread. This man found out what that post was, and he, he said, he said listen, he's sneaky, guys. He is sneaky. Don't, <laughs> don't think that he's this innocent guy. He is sneaky. So, um, yeah, the reason why it's called Juneteenth, for those that don't know, um, it's June 19th put together with, put together as one word. 
it originally started on the 13th and went until the 19th. So it actually encompasses all the teens in, in June. Um, it was a freedom celebration. The reason why, for those of you that wonder why we don't call it Freedom Day or Emancipation Day, which would be amazing, but there are some people in this country that still don't feel free, that still don't feel emancipated. They feel shackled by invisible chains. They feel targeted, and that's on us. I posted a video of a white guy saying, you know, and you can view it on my social media. Basically what he's saying was the people that say, I'm not my ancestors, but still have your ancestral ideals are guilty of being racist. And he's absolutely right. And I, I then a lot of black people said, instead of reparations, instead of all, you know, public change and all that stuff, we make Juneteenth a holiday. Personally, and this is where I want Joe's feedback, my, my thing is I feel like this is step one. Joe Biden has only been in the White House since January 20th. I think this is step one. I think there are more steps to come. What are your thoughts on making Juneteenth a federal holiday? Well, I think it's a long time coming. It's Mm -hmm. something that has been celebrated in the state of Texas for Mm -hmm. over a century. Which is strange. Which is strange. It's very strange. In Texas. (laughs) Well, but the reason reason why is because Texas was the last state to actually be forced to emancipate all Mm -hmm. slaves, Mm -hmm. which is why this was recognized. And you're talking about a full two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, mm-hmm. before federal troops mm-hmm. got to Texas and actually emancipated people. So, you know, for people that are, that are not up on the history or they don't understand why this is, is so important or why Juneteenth, the name itself, is something that has importance, um, you know, I feel like it comes from a place of, of, of ignorance. And I don't mean ignorance in necessarily a negative connotation. They just don't know. They don't understand. And that, you know, to me, that's okay. But if someone does provide you the history or you do the research and find out the history and you're still an asshole about it, sorry. You don't get a pass at that point. So understanding Juneteenth, understanding the history behind it, and understanding that this has been celebrated, especially within the black community, for a very long time. It has only now gotten to the point where a national conversation over the past several several years has allowed us to then say, you know, this is a pretty important uh, holiday, mm-hmm. not just for black Americans, but for America in general. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's taking ownership of something that, you know, of a, of a period of time and a, of, a, of an atrocity that we, we've, we've recognized as a problem. We've recognized it as something that needed to change. So, you know, again, it's, it's, a, it's a positive step in the right direction. Um, you know, celebrating you know, not only our successes as a country, but our failures and understanding and learning from them, to me is, is you know, it, 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 it's, it's impressive that, that, that it's happening. Um, mm-hmm. There's always more to come because, you know, you still yeah. get the comments, at, you know, someone saying, well, my, my parents or my grandparents didn't own slaves. Well, congratulations. That, that's, I mean, <laughs> no one has. No one has. Right. 
you know, in the last 150 years, that doesn't make you special. It doesn't make you different. What makes you different is that you're, you're, you're following along by using that as, as some kind of excuse for why we still, mm-hmm. you know, why we shouldn't keep trying to make changes or trying to make improvements. And it's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, right. there's plenty of things. If you, if you look at this, the structures of America and the systems that are in place, there are plenty of things that you can point to that say, is this really fair and equal? And, and how have those, how have those past 150 plus years, how have those made it so that certain marginalized groups, especially black Americans have not had their same bite at the, at the apple? Mm-hmm. Over, and, and how does that, how does that then put them in a position where they haven't been able to, um, you know, to do the things or say the same things that, you know, for, for all intents and purposes that, that, white Americans have European mm-hmm. people of European ancestry that have benefited tremendously on the backs of, of black free labor. Um, right. So it's, it's, frustra- it's frustrating when you hear comments like that because they, you know, they, they, again, it comes from a place of ignorance. It comes from a place of, of, of a lack of willingness to accept that there are inherent advantages to growing up, in, in, in white America and having the advantage of never having your wealth or your work taken as, as someone else's and allowed to then create further wealth for them while your family and your lineage is, is, has to suffer and languish. Um, it doesn't excuse everything um, because I think that there's, there's lots of things that, um, that any community can do to, to try to uplift themselves and to try to push themselves forward but not acknowledging that we're starting from two separate places is, is unfair and unjust. And you don't have to own slaves or your parents didn't have to own slaves for you to acknowledge that fact. Um, and you certainly, you know, you don't have to make that kind of commentary because you're, you know, it's exposing your racism towards the scenario. Exactly. Like two things. One, if you don't, well, three, one, if you don't know something, go ahead and search it. If you have a question, why is it named Juneteenth? Why don't you do the research before you post? Because now you look like a fucking idiot. Number one. (laughs) Number two, when you say things like, well, my ancestors weren't racist. My ancestors didn't own slaves. I'm not racist. But I don't understand. You are exposing yourself as a racist. Period. Point blank. You're, You're saying my family isn't into slave owning, which, sorry, if you go back for far enough, you probably will find it. Um, but you're also exposing yourself. And number three, if you want it to be Freedom Day, if you as a white person are trying to white explain to me let, me, let me explain something to you. It's called Juneteenth for a reason the past 150 years. But you are you think it's a stupid name. You think it's Ebonics. Okay, great. Why isn't Christmas called Jesus' birthday? Why isn't Easter called some, the day after he died and rose up? Why is uh, 4th of July called 4th of July? Shouldn't it be Independence Day? Because, you know, we were independent from England that day. You know why it's not called Independence Day? Because not everybody felt independent that day. And nobody and people want to recognize that. 
they they want to recognize the fact that not everybody was independent. George Washington owned slaves, like so it wasn't Independence Day. But people are okay with those. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's emancipation and, and pe- for some and freedom for some. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So the reason, look it up if you don't know. Or even ask the question, hey, why is it called Juneteenth? Had the person asked the question, do you know how much non-hate that they would get? But instead, we are a society where instead of asking a question, we say our own feelings and our own statements. And if we are wrong, if we are proven wrong by facts, we still double down because we will not apologize. That's disgusting. That is a disgusting way to live your life. Good luck to you. How, how American? How American is that? You right. Know, you don't True. apologize. True. Or Americans, True. we don't well, apologize. Well, I apologize. Someone, um, <laughs> well, this is I, so I, random, <laughs> but Joe knows this about me. I was talking about a soap opera on Twitter, and I was saying, you know, how this character lives at home, is it as a loser, why is everybody, like, trying to be on his D? It's a fictional character. So this lady says, well, he lives in a hotel with his girlfriend. I go, oh, my God, I stand corrected. I forgot about that. Thank you. And I moved on. Like, it's not that hard, guys. Just, you know, thought he lived at home with his parents. He doesn't. Move on. You know, um, whatever. Um, before we get to uh, the the lightest topic that we have to talk about, because I think it's just the cutest topic ever, um, I did want to make a mention because I think I'd be remiss if I didn't. Um, there was a boy in Atlanta named Tyler. His parents filmed him. Um, the dad had shaved his head in the front, pushing back his hairline and shaved the word gay on the side of his head, 12 years old. And he's yelling at him on camera saying, you did this gay shit. You know, you still do this gay shit. You probably like this gay shit. I don't know what he said or what he did. The kid, um, was just like, you know, he's just really calm in the video and the dad smacked him upside the head and was like, stop being gay. And just, like, was this awful to him? Of course, unfortunately, but of course. And I say, of course, you'll, you'll see why. It was a black dad. Um, I'm still on the topic of why being black, you know what it's like to be oppressed and beat down, yet you oppress and beat down other black folk who are LGBTQ. That's another show. Um, but I wanted to report the video of that because his mom filmed it. That video has circulated the internet. The Atlanta um, Child Welfare Department and also um, the, or sorry, the Georgia uh, Child Welfare Department and the Atlanta police removed him from the home and he is awaiting a new foster home. Um, I just wanted to report that because I had posted up about that a lot. I'm, I was pretty triggered by that just because that's sort of how I grew up. I never had anything shaved in my head or anything like that, but 
there has been things said and done to me that were pretty inappropriate simply because I'm gay and trans. Unlike Tyler, um, I did speak up for myself and I did stand up for myself. So I have a bit of a better ending. But yeah, that was that was pretty tough to watch. Um, relive those moments in my life. And I just think that we need, it's so funny that it happened during Pride Month too. We get so far and then we get so far behind. And I just think that we need to just kind of, when we move forward, we need to stay forward. And um, yeah, just wanted to say justice for Tyler coming and yeah, that's it. Um, so our last topic, we've got to talk about this because I don't, I don't really get it, but I was just thinking about it. So this kid on, um, on TikTok, he went viral over a weekend, two weekends ago, this kid, William White, he goes by, um, Whitey 18 with two Y's. So it's W-H-I-T-E-Y-Y 18. He went viral. And all he does in his videos, the, there's a setting in the videos where it's like close up, your close face, and he's just lip syncing songs like Mandy, songs like um, Tell It To My Heart, um, and he's got, <laughs> he's got this like mullet, but it's like an updated mullet, and then like one video he's wearing like hockey outfit he went viral moms on tiktok went crazy for him but then the guys on tiktok were giving him such hate and posting videos this guy's stupid why is he going viral so i think i know why he went viral because i was thinking about this and i want your take on it i think if you look at this kid and the demographic that he reached, he looks like the popular kid in high school from when we were kids. He looks exactly like a popular kid that would have, like, had all the girls that would have been captain of the football team. Maybe he played soccer as well. I don't know the schedule for those sports. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely soccer player. Exactly. Soccer. Okay. <laughs> and, like, he would have probably been modeling. Like, he looks like the dream guy from a 1980s Molly Ringwald movie. Like, he is Jake Ryan, period. And maybe that's why he went viral, because all these moms are like, he reminds me of the hot guy, you know? I just, I don't get, you have to explain to me. As a dude, you have to explain to me why he went viral, because I don't get it, Joe. Um... Well, so this is probably like one of those those moments where, like, uh, like people are going to be like uh, Joe, you know, come on, man. Um, I first of all, I cannot, I cannot think of a more vapid reason for anyone to go viral than them lip syncing '80s songs, and <laughs> you know, like. I, I, you know, like the, the whole instant famous, you know, scenario where someone becomes famous for, for shit like this just makes me crazy, right? Mm-hmm. 
What's, what makes me even crazier is that the people that make him famous, what is this hashtag, what is it, cougar something, cougar talk or something like that? Yeah, um, yeah. How, how bored do you have to be that you're looking at this, I don't even know how old he is, this young dude. 20. Who, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, 20-year-old dude, whatever, good-looking kid, whatever, hockey player. You know, I'm happy for him that he's found his, you know, 15 minutes. Like, how bored are you in life that you sit around watching TikTok videos of this of this dude and you're like, like flirting with this kid? Like, come on, this is we wonder what the hell is wrong with this world right now? And it's shit like this that makes me crazy. It makes me cringe. It makes me nauseous. It makes me sad. It, this is where we're at, where some kid can lip sync. You, you're lip syncing. 80s songs, some of which are pretty bad 80s songs, and people are like, oh my god, this kid is dreamy. I, I, you're right. It doesn't make sense. It will never no. make sense. It will never make sense how some how something just catches fire like this and people <laughs> end up uh, you know, <laughs> loving, loving this dude for all the wrong reasons. He's not bringing anything mm. to the table. He does his no. stupid winks and these weird like, like facial... Like, listen, it's this stupid, it's this stupid stuff that you see on social media where they they do like this weird, like head thing. I don't get it. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that that's where we're at as a society. Like this dude is famous. He's probably gonna make a bajillion dollars off making these stupid videos, and more power to him. But yeah, where where are we? Where are we, world? <laughs> and plus, he has his own. Um line now. He has, like, his own brand. Um, of course it, he does. He, he obviously couldn't call it Whitey. Obviously. For obvious reasons. He couldn't call it Whitey. But, um, <laughs> I think it's called William White or something. But, yeah, he, um, also, I want to preface this, guys. Joe isn't, like, on social media like that. So he doesn't understand the whole semantics of going viral. He doesn't get it. But to his point, I do get it. This guy, you do not get it. You do not get it. It makes you crazy. But to your point, he is not bringing anything to the table. He's only lip syncing and do. That's it. But to my point, though, who's he hurting? I mean, he didn't ask to go viral. These people made him viral. Like he's not hurting anybody. Come on, guys, leave him alone. Let him let him go viral. Oh, you guys. Are he already did. He, yeah, I mean it's too late. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. his net worth is probably more than what we'll ever see. Um. Yeah. That's oh, he is a hockey crazy. player. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, I know. I know. Joe feels some kind of way, guys. Um. This is the thing. Here's here's the thing. The irony, well, the irony of the fact that his um, his his name is Whitey is just hilarious. But um, yeah, this is what I'm saying though. Well, you got like you got like kids that are 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 working to like clean up the oceans. You've got these kids that are are, mm-hmm. are are working to you know they're they're doing like high school projects and 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 they're 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 uh, they're they're hoping to change the world and then. You know, and they get zero recognition. I shouldn't say zero recognition, but they're never going to become insta famous. And they're not going to have millions of dollars mm-hmm. to do their research. 
but what they, you know, what they should do is lip sync 80 songs so that they can then fund their research and do dumb shit on TikTok so they can fund their research because that's the only way you're going to get it. It's crazy to me. I do understand it, but that's why it's infuriating. Joe is so pressed, guys. He is so pissed off about this. <laughs> but he's right, though. That's right. Like he said, he doesn't bring anything to the table. He's just simply, like, lip syncing. And I get it. But that's all he wanted to do, apparently. Like, what happens if he starts doing something like, oh, um, Juneteenth, happy Juneteenth, everyone. Like, are you going to be okay with that? Or are you going to be pissed off that he's using Juneteenth now that he has a platform? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to bet on it. Just because um, you know you never yeah. you never know, but my sneaking suspicion is that this kid is not going to become the uh, the next willing philanthropist working on the world's greatest problems. Right. Maybe yeah, he right. will, but anyone who anyone who's uh, you know who's who's looking at uh, you know. TikTok and saying, you know, now's my chance. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to start lip syncing 80 songs and, oh my God, look at all these cougars that are chasing me down now and talking about how hot I am. I'm, I'm honored. I'm privileged. Um, I don't think they're thinking about the world's, the world's problems. That's just my humble opinion. Well, no, I'm going to defend him. A lot of people do different things on TikTok. I think he was just doing these videos and didn't expect to go viral. Where I agree with you is after he went viral, all he did was create a merch line, and that's basically it. You have everybody's attention. Shouldn't it be time to say something, to do something? I guess maybe that wasn't his intention to be, like, a spokesperson for anything, but, yeah. But maybe he has nothing to say. Maybe that's that's the greater problem. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We're giving platform um, to people that do these things, and and they don't have anything else to say. Right. Which is fine, I guess. Just honor the people that do have a platform, you know? There you go. That's why I was so happy when Amanda Gorman went viral. That was, like, amazing. I was so happy. Oh, she's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, she, she rocks. Um, so, movie and TV reviews, what do you got? All right, today was this. I feel like this week was kind of a busy week. Maybe I don't. I don't remember. Um, I did go see the the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard with my wife and oh, a couple of her friends. Okay. Um, it was it was entertaining. It was funny. I I you know I'm 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 excited to um you know to to support Ryan Reynolds. I think he's a good dude. I think he's hysterical. Um, Samuel Jackson, great. Sam Selma Hayek, great. Um, mm-hmm. it was I I enjoyed it. It was a fun little ride. It's just. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those mindless little uh, exercises, but it was good. It was it was entertaining. Um, I did I also like watched... that, uh, the first movie. Yeah, it was good. But can it's we just more the same? For it's a more quick the second? same. Ryan Reynolds plays the same character in every single fucking movie. Yeah, it's awesome. he's got no range. But anyway, he's the uh, he's the Vince Vaughn of our of our of the current times. I mean, yeah. But go ahead. Keep going. What else did you see? 
but I love Vince. I love Vince Vaughn when he was doing it, and I love Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> Vince was amazing. It. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You have his hat. Um, also saw. Uh, I finally saw the little things. Okay. Um, and if I'm, I th- I thought it was, I thought it was okay. And Same. part of the reason why is because um, I feel like it like bit off of a lot of movies. I literally felt like, mm-hmm. especially when you get to the ending part, not the ending mm-hmm. part, not the spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I felt like I was watching seven all over again. Yeah. Agreed. But I loved, but I loved how they played it out in seven. And this movie, it was like, wow, that was completely ungratifying to have it, to have mm-hmm. it go in the direction that it went, and you're like, wait a minute, they they bit off seven, didn't even take the best part. So anyway, um, right. Denzel, you know, it's always good. Um, you know, I felt like this was a particularly uninspiring role for him, but mm-hmm. um, I I thought you know Jared Leto was phenomenal. Mm. He was just so creepy and. Um, and I thought he was uh, the scene where they were in the police station was really really good. But he was good. He was a good. He's a he's a weird dude. He always transforms into these roles, and I think he's fantastic when he does that. Um, and you know, Remy Malek was okay, but you know, I honestly I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed that this was like his effort to try to, you know, un Freddie Mercury himself. It was like meh. It was again an mm. uninspired role for him. Well, Jared is a weird dude. He has like a whole cult. If you look up YouTube, where he admits that he has a cult, so he is a weird dude. Um, <laughs> Rami confuses me sometimes. But here's the thing about Hollywood, and I know people will understand it now. So when you see a movie like this, you'll understand it. I'm not sure who was cast first, if it was Denzel, if it was who who it was. I'm assuming Denzel was cast first, and the other two decided to be in the movie because of Denzel. My point is, a lot of people in Hollywood want to work with other people in Hollywood. So they'll mm. sign on to a movie, even if it's a terrible movie, simply because they want to work with that other person. Sharon Stone didn't do Catwoman for the script, honey. She she did it to work with Halle Berry and get her name back in there. And to be honest, yeah. even if you do a bad movie in Hollywood, it's good by, to someone. So it can become a cult classic. Catwoman was a box office bomb, but it's got a cult following. And it even had a video game, which I adored that video game. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so that's mostly why people do these shitty films with these big stars to work with each other. Just like little give it inside to Hollywood. Um, I just felt when after I watched little things, I was like, huh, it'd have been better. You know what I mean? Like I just thought that. Yeah. And another movie you're about to talk about, I feel like could have been better too, because I already know what you're going to say is the next movie you saw. Oh, see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait to to say that one, but um, the the yeah. one before is uh, Nobody yep. with uh, Bob Odenkirk. I loved it. 
Really? Very, uh, John Wickish. Yeah. It was it was very John Wickish. Um, yeah. But with it was it was very surprising because you never would take Bob Odenkirk as as a John Wick type of character. But he's he's a badass in this movie. It's really funny to watch because um, he's he's a funny guy in general. But um, but I thought he knocked it out of the park in an action movie, and and it was completely threw me off because I would never have expected yeah. it. Um, but he did a great job. In a weird uh, way, I'm attracted to him. I don't know why. I don't get it, <laughs> but I am I am so attracted to that man, and I don't understand why. I don't get each it. Their own. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last but not least, I saw, uh, mm-hmm. I watched In the Heights with my wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, Long pause. So, yeah, so I, the, the things I liked about it, all right, and mm-hmm. I, not, I don't want to drone on about it. I thought the, the production numbers, the singing, you know, it was well done. It was very well done. Um, mm-hmm. That's. It was a a long movie that I felt like they they squandered an opportunity, and um, it just it felt like it was it was going nowhere. To be honest, mm-hmm. there was there was just there was a lot of stuff going on, but there was nothing that was compelling enough that I was like, all right, you know, I really I really can get into this. Um, I know people love it. They they love the movie, but I just I wasn't that impressed. I was expecting more from uh, Lin Manuel, and um, and it, it just didn't it didn't deliver. For so me. I'm gonna have to disagree with Joe. I liked it. Here's why. Um, I grew up with, and and you grew up too, with. The most Puerto Rican person we have ever met in our lives. His first name is Jose. I'm not going to give his last name. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean when I say that, right? Is that not the most Puerto oh, Rican yeah. name ever? Um, so Jose and I grew up, he, in our neighborhood, he grew up one building away from me. I grew up in an um, apartment complex. And they were in clusters. And I was in one cluster, and he was in the very next cluster. So Jose, I've known Jose since, oh, God, how old was I? Nine, so he must have been ten. And I, you know, went to Jose's birthday parties when we were kids. Um, I spent time at his house. Um, The portrayal of the Spanish culture was on point. First of all, the only thing that they did not have, and maybe it's because it's um, a newer, an older, or um, excuse me, a more young generation, there needed to be plastic on the living room furniture, like in (laughs) Jose's mom's and dad's living room. There was plastic on the living room furniture. But you know that's like a thing. Everything a lot of a lot of cultures though. But that's I only associate it with his with his fam with his culture because his family was the only one that did it, and I was just like <laughs> I've never seen that, and he's like yeah so our furniture don't get ruined and I'm like oh okay whatever, 
Um, but also, here's another thing that people don't realize. This was a Broadway hit, like, in the early 2000s. Lin-Manuel played Yusnavi. Um, I don't know if I said it wrong, right or wrong. Um, he played the role of Yusnavi, and he got nominated for a Tony Award and all that other jazz. And the woman who played the abuela in the play played the abuela in the movie. So there's a whole backstory to the whole film in, in general. Um, I don't know. I loved it because, like I said, I love seeing the culture. Um, I love seeing the, the actual culture of this, of these people because I grew up around it. And I even have a friend named Marlene who her family's just like this. I'm going to her daughter's quinceanera next month. And I just, I don't know. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Complaining about colorism. You're digging so deep for something. Like, I guarantee you, nobody, and, and maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, like, hopelessly wrong. I don't think that the casting director said cast only light-skinned um, Hispanic people for the lead. Because I saw all different versions of the colors in the supporting cast and whatnot. So I guess I don't understand, I don't know. But then again, I'm not Hispanic because if this was a black movie and all light-skinned people were cast in a black movie, I'd probably be pissed too. But I guess I don't, I don't know, whatever. whatever. But that's, a, that's a frequent criticism of Hollywood in general, is that True. they tend to whitewash the movies. And I will say yeah. out of all the main characters, the majority of them were much fair-skinned and the the argument is is that it's not representative of afro latino um mm-hmm. communities which the dominican community is very heavily influenced um if anyone's familiar with the history behind um that island both the haitian side and the dominican side um they mm-hmm. were a massive slave colony and a such a huge portion and, and percentage of African slaves went through that island or were were on that island um, that, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard not to understand the African influence of, uh, you know, of, of culture and, and, um, and even of skin tone on that island. Um, so it, it, I understand part of the argument of why they feel uh-huh. like the movie was whitewashed because in a movie about Dominicans, you would think that it would be, uh, representative in that way. But at the end of the day, um, I think that's like the least of the worries about that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my own I think it's a step in the right direction, but I will fall on my sword and say, I'm not Dominican, so I can't speak to it. I can't say be happy you were on screen because if somebody said that to me and it was all light-skinned black people, I'd be like, fuck you in your favorite color. Don't tell me. <laughs> so... Okay, I'll, I'll let that one slide. That's that's not my that's not my. I don't have a a dog in the fight, as they say. Um, there you go. There's another movie you saw, or maybe not. Um, Which one? I thought you saw it. 
Well, then I'll I'll launch into mine. I'll I'll go first. Um, I saw a quiet place too. Oh yeah, and, but I saw that last that? week. We talked about that last week. Yeah. No, we talked oh, about we that did? last. Oh yeah. Week. Duh. Yeah. I forgot. So. <laughs> um. Hated it. <laughs> yeah, I totally hate it. I hated it less than the first one though, and I had the, the oh, good, amazing good. privilege of watching it twice. So that was awesome. Um, the kids, the kids in that movie, I hate them more than I hated the monster. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Wow. Um, they kept bringing the monsters to them, which killed people. And, and then even some of the adults were being dumb. Like, We'll talk about it offline because I don't want to give any spoilers. But there was one part where I'm like, guy, you know what you have to do. Just do it. What are you doing? Like, I don't know. Whatever. We'll talk about it offline. But, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. I saw um, – I went on a tangent on Saturday, and I started watching all M. Night Shyamalan movies that were free. So I watched Signs. I watched – um, the Sixth Sense. I watched Lady in the Water. All of them still hold up, dude. They're all still good. I I don't understand how Lady in the Water did not do as good as it did at the box office. It was so good. Um, although I did not appreciate the stereotypical Asian accent. Oh, Mr. Heat, Mr. Heat, I hated that. I was like, can she talk normal? Like, that's, that was not normal, but it just felt exaggerated Asian, and it almost felt like they were making fun of the culture. That was my only mm. criticism. And she's like, oh, Mr. Heat. And I'm like, no, that, no, that's right up there with, oh, Miss Go Rightry. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't appreciate that. Other, oh my god, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I think I might watch The Village again. Um, although everybody hated The Village and I hated it when I first came out, I'm wondering what I will think now because when I was watching Signs, I liked Signs, but I thought mm, it could have been done better. And now that I watched it again, I'm like, oh my god, that was amazing. And let me tell you, watching The Sixth Sense again, oh my god, that movie blew me away. Knowing what it was, knowing how it was going to end, like, holy shit. Holy shit. That movie was amazing. Worth watching again. I mean, wow. Bruce Willis was amazing. Donnie Wahlberg was amazing. How, we, how it took us all years to figure out it was Donnie Wahlberg, I'm like, I get it. He does look totally different. Because when it first came out, Nobody knew that was Donnie Wahlberg in the beginning. We were like, who was that guy? And then Donnie Wahlberg showed up to the premiere, and we're like, why the fuck is he here? He's like, yeah, I was in the movie. I'm like, what? No, you weren't. Wait, he was? He, wow. He did an amazing job. And Haley Joel Osment. Oh, oh, my God. Big big fan of M. Night. I will will say that um, you've named off, like, besides the Sixth Sense, you probably named off like like one of my least favorites in Signs. <sighs> Rewatch that's, it. That's, it's not as bad as The Happening. 
Oh, I got to rewatch that. You know? Oh. But if you take oh. a look at all of his movies, there's a central theme. Like, like Signs is about alien invasion, obviously. Um, the Sixth Sense is about ghosts. Um, listening is about what we do to the planet and how the planet reacts back to us. And I understand it sucks. And I want to rewatch that one. Um, the Visit is about sundowning and dementia. Love, um, love that movie. That, oh, my God. But it was also, too, if you, think, if you really think about it, it was also Hansel and Gretel. If you yeah. really think about it. Um, the Village was about how we keep people blinded to what's really happening sometimes. Um, so there's always a central good. theme. Uh, yeah, I know. But when it came out, it was a bomb. Everybody hated it. And I cannot wait for the movie Old. I cannot wait. So that, that movie good. is about people who visit this island. And for some reason, you turn old on this island. You rapidly age on this island. But also, too, during the trailer, they alluded to the fact that they were selected to be on this island. They weren't shipwrecked. They weren't, um, I, I'm guessing some of them, quote, won, end quote, the trip to the island. So I think that there's a bigger reason. Oh, my God, I cannot wait. I love it. And can we talk about Glass? That movie I saw three times in the theater. I loved Glass. So good. My least favorite um, M. Night like, Shyamalan movie. Go ahead. I was going to say, I liked the beginning part of Glass, and it mm-hmm. was really good up until the, until the end. How dare you? I, How I, dare you? I thought the end was really lackluster. They could have done so much better with the ending, especially because of the fact that they did a really great job of feeding that from Unbreakable, which was one of my, is probably mm-hmm. my favorite M. Night movie, um, yep. feeding yep. that into Split, which was probably my second favorite movie because it was so well done and because James McAvoy was brilliant in that movie. And then they followed mm-hmm. it up with Glass, which, which I loved how they tied it together and it you know mm-hmm. the the it got to the end and I was like, "What? You could have done so much more with this." Um, Just my humble opinion. So, my least favorite movie of M Night's and probably of all time has to be movie made me want to get my money back. Um, we're still friends, Joe, but we're we're mortally disagreeing on that movie. In the beginning, with those girls sitting in that car, that one girl, the girl from Queen's Gambit, saw the guy and sat there and did not, like, girl, get out, did not go for that handle. She just sat there. My point is, M. Night is a brilliant writer, and he wrote the dumbest in horror film history. She was so stupid, and she was just like, bitch, get out of the car. If you have to leave your friends, oh, well. 
lead your friends, tell the cops what kind of car it was. It was your dad's car. They got the license plate. They can find Instead, she was just sitting there, slowly reaching for the door. I was like, bitch, if you don't get out of that car. I was so mad at that movie. I, I, I actually was in the theater. I saw it once my entire life, and I went, Jesus. And I, just, I was one of those people. That movie irked me to my core. Now, James McAvoy, his performance of all the personalities, phenomenal. I will never take thing away from him for that. But that, like, mm, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Joe. We're going to always disagree on that. Um, and then two series that I binge watched, Love, Victor, which is a spinoff of the movie Love, Simon. And Love, Simon was a movie that came out in 2018 about a, a closeted gay boy who, who actually is outed in high school. Um, so, and he lives in a small town and it was so good. And then Love, Victor is about this another closeted gay boy, but he's Hispanic and what it means to come out in his culture. And season one was okay. You know, I was like a little stereotypical. It was a little too um, convenient for me. Season two knocked it out of a fucking park. Season two was so good. I binge watched it in one day. It was the show that I wish was on when I was a kid. It was so good. My um, friend actually watched it twice because she just loved it. And she's a heterosexual woman. She's like, this is amazing. I have to watch it again. So she watched it twice. So good. So good. Okay. Um, okay. Love, Victor, on Hulu. If you, it's 10 episodes a season. I'm telling you the first season, you're going to be like, yeah, this is typical Hollywood. That second season, though, they fucking picked that ball up and they ran to the end zone with it. It was so brilliant. Um, I actually wish it was more than 10 episodes, but whatever. And then another surprise, and I don't laugh at me, I will tell you, I will tell you, The Babysitter's Club on Netflix. Let me just tell you, if you grew up in the 80s, Shut up, Joe. If you grew up in the 80s, you knew about the Babysitter's Club book, whether your sister or whether your cousin, somebody in your life read those fucking books. Even your girlfriend probably read it. It was about about I read them all. You did not. I did. I read them all. I I read them long before my sister ever got her hands on. They were were great books. I'm impressed. But the funny part is, I think in the 80s, we did have boy and girl things, but nobody got made fun of for doing, for being a boy and doing girl things. Like, nobody made fun of you for reading The Babysitter's Club. Nobody made fun of other boys for playing with their sisters and their Barbies. But nowadays, it's like we have boy-girl toys, and if a boy plays with a Barbie, suddenly he's got gender identity issues. Don't you think that's weird how that happens? Uh, I think it's I always know. been the case. 
It's always been the case. Well, There's anyway. always G.I. Joe and Barbie and then Transformers and, you know, whatever, uh, My Little Pony. Like, it, it's that's yep. always been the case. But then you would see, like, G.I. Joe's dating Barbie. Like, I I had some friends who their brothers would bring their G.I. Joe's, which were tiny, and then they would be dating Barbie, which is huge. So I never understood that. That's where my complexity with short men came in. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, just joking. Um, shush. But the Babysitter's Club, they updated it. So it's still about these four girls who are best friends who start a babysitting club together, Stony Brook, Connecticut. It, but what they did was they updated some of the issues we're talking about. So we're talking about divorce. We're talking about diabetes. We're talking about, in one episode, threw me for a loop. One of the babysitters is babysitting this little girl called Bailey. Bailey gets sick. And so the, the girl decides, you know, I'm going to Bailey to the hospital. While Bailey's in the hospital, the doctor comes in and says, oh, how's the little boy? Bailey's dressed as a girl. Bailey has long hair. So the little girl takes the doctors out and says, listen, I understand your chart says Bailey's a boy, but if you look at her, she's a girl. And you calling her a boy does not help anything, does not ease her mind, does not make her feel at home. Please, please refer to Bailey as a girl. I was like, holy shit, I love this show. It was so good, so good. And then they had other issues. Plus, Alicia Silverstone plays one of the moms. Like, so many reasons you should watch the show. It is so amazing. Babysitter's Club on Netflix, you will not regret it. It is so good. And they have the um, 80s clear phone. Oh, my God. Like, seriously, the show just, like, oh, loved it. Loved everything about it. Highly recommend. I think that was all that I watched. Oh, and another thing um, that I didn't remember. So one of Christie's brothers, you're never going to believe this show. One of Christie's brothers was named David Michael. I was dying laughing. I was like, what? And they call him David Michael. Bring it back. I was like, what? I could not believe it. I could not. I was like, wait, did I hear that right? <laughs> Guys, that was my boy name, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, yeah, I was like freaking out. <laughs> so anyway. Um, old school. I like it. Oh, very old school. Uh, so <laughs> Eva Mendez moment. What was your Eva Mendez moment from the past week? Boy, so I really struggled to to think of it because this week was pretty pretty quiet. Um, yeah, and I, I was I was talking to my wife about this, and I was like, "What's my Eva Mendez moment this week?" But you know what I thought of? I thought of um, mm-hmm. not not it wasn't more or less the Eva Mendez moment, but how mm-hmm. I have translated the Eva Mendez moment to to beyond the show. 
So in my, oh. at, at my, at my yeah, at work, um, I do what's called a, uh, a two minute drill with my, um, with the people mm-hmm. that report to me. So I have, I have a bunch of, um, assistant vice presidents that report to me. And basically in the two minute drill, I ask them to give me like the good, the bad and the ugly from the week. And mm-hmm. so I, funny enough, I, I don't, I don't call it an Eva Mendez moment, but I, I started to ask them to give me, um, you know, what they consider to be like the week's highlight. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I, we, don't, we don't call it an even Eva Mendez moment, but it is an Eva Mendez moment. And I've been thinking about, moment. you know, this, this week we had a really, um, we, we changed our attendance policy to be less punitive. Like we were really like hammering people on, people on attendance, like to the point where it was like, it was crazy. Um, so mm-hmm. we changed it this week and it was like this huge thing because we never thought we were going to be able to change. And, and like everybody on our team was so excited and happy because I had been petitioning for this for like three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we finally uh-huh. have a less restrictive attendance policy. So we're not going to have to fire everybody and write people up for all this stuff. And it just was like, everyone was just so excited. And so when everyone sends in their two minute drill, um, that was everybody's highlight of the week. Aww. It was this big change that we had all been, you know, rooting for and hoping for. And um, and it's just, it's funny that, you know, we don't think of, we don't think of it always as an Eva Mendez moment. And I know that's something that, mm-hmm. that you came up, you coined the phrase, or, you know, maybe even Mendez coined the phrase. But um, <laughs> but it's just one of those things that you, you realize um, mm-hmm. that there are these Eva Mendez moments all the time. And yep. it's just, I guess yep. the, the great part and why I appreciate that you doing it and, and asking me to do it is that um, it forces you to take stock in some of those moments mm-hmm. that you might just ignore. You might not realize are happening and you might not appreciate in the moment, but they're there. They're always there. Yeah. They are. Yep. You're so welcome. Thank you. thank you for that. That's the love right there that bonded us for so long, guys. Um. My Eva Mendez moment was yesterday. It happened yesterday. I went to Framingham Theaters, which is one of my favorite theaters. They are a dine-in theater, so they serve food while you're watching the movie. Now, the caveat with usually you press a button and they come to your seat. But now you have to order your food before you get to your seat, and then they deliver it to you. But the, the, the Eva Mendez part of it came with, I was with two of my good friends, uh, Andy and Chris, and we had done this before the pandemic. So what happened was I met Andy, oh gosh, when did I meet Andy? I want to say in 2008, we met on a website. Um, it was uh, called gay.com and it was a chat room where people that are LGBTQ log in and they go to different chat rooms and we met in the Boston chat room and we became friends immediately, but we didn't meet. And so when I moved to, um, maybe it was before that, maybe it was 2005 or six or something like that. Anyway, we actually met and we hung out and We've been friends, I want to say, since 2000. I think 2008 or 2007 was when we first met in person. And we've been friends ever since. 
And we've done things like we go to the movies all the time. We saw the Whitney documentary together. Um, We volunteered at uh, Boston Film Festival together. It's a queer, a Boston queer festival together. Um, I only did it for like one long story, but I did it once and then I didn't do it again. But during our um, meet and greet, to do the volunteering, we met this, this girl, Chris, and Chris happens to live in Framingham. So the three of us now go to the movies together, and we've been going to the movies together since, like, 2018. Not all the time, but sometimes. We'd meet up and we'd go to the movies. Andy and I do it more regularly, but whatever. Um, so yesterday we got to do it, and the three of us had so much fun. And we picked up right where we left off before the pandemic. We had so many laughs. I actually told them about the podcast and they're like, you know, who's this guy, Joe? And I showed them, (laughs) I showed them Joe's picture. And so Joe has two fans in his fan club now, two new members. Um, They question how I didn't have a crush on him growing up. And I'm like, he's like my brother. And that'd be weird. But they didn't understand that. They're like, he's so cute. I'm like, yes, Joe's cute. But I don't look at him that way, guys. Um, But, yeah, they were raving about Joe. So that was my Eva Mendez moment, just getting back together with my friends and having them gush about my friend. So, Yeah, so. And I'm always taking taking members. I'm always taking new members into the fan club. Oh, my God. (laughs) Guys, he sounds like he's being conceited, but he's so the most humble guy ever. Do not let him fool you. He is not conceited whatsoever. He's probably turning bright red, as I was saying about two members of his fan club. So don't even believe him. I'm blowing up his spot. <laughs> I know this boy. Um, any uh, shout-outs you want to give? I, I do. Um, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, I got a okay. couple. A couple shout-outs. Uh, first of all, shout-out okay. to all the dads. Happy Father's Day. And I know we started the show with that, and I want to I'm gonna end did. the show uh, similar, similar positive note to all the dads out there, um, in whatever capacity that means, you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's the best job I've ever had. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I went from, I, I went from being a, uh, a boy dad to a young man dad mm-hmm. to a, to a, a, you know, to a, to now a girl dad. And it's, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, my, my stepdaughter is, is awesome. And it's, uh, it's given me a, a new perspective on parenting, which I, I greatly appreciate, um, but it's the best mm-hmm. job I've ever had, the best job I ever will have. So I, I'm thankful for that. Um, and then the other shout-out is I want to I give a shout-out to everybody. Happy Juneteenth. Um, if yeah. you want to call it Emancipation Day or Freedom Day, you are welcome to do that in your own right. Um, but happy Juneteenth uh, that we finally now have a, a national holiday that celebrates that and, along with all the other things that we celebrate and uh, it's still yep. the greatest country on the earth, but, you know, like any other great thing, there's always room for improvement. So let's keep moving forward. Agreed. And I've been meaning to ask you this. I keep forgetting to ask you. Totally unrelated, but I have to know, how did Anthony get his name? Well, um, it's my grandfather's middle name. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and... We when when me and his mom were trying to decide on names, we we 
I don't know, we, we couldn't really agree on, well, pretty much almost anything. That was kind of par for the course anyway. But when I came down to the, to the, to the last two names that, um, that we could, that we actually could agree upon, um, mm-hmm. I was just a real passionate advocate for, um, for Anthony. I just, for some reason, it just resonated with me as, as the name that he should, he should be called by. And, um, mm-hmm. and it, it worked. It's, he, he is an Anthony. <laughs> now, do you call him Tony or is it just Anthony? Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. okay. Okay. Absolutely okay. not. Um, Does anybody in his I... life call him Tony? No. No, he would never. He would never let anybody do that. Okay, go ahead. You were about um, to say something. He's either yeah, Anthony him, or what? I, I do call him. I call him Anthony or Ant. Okay. Most of the time, it's Ant. It's so funny. Um, we grew up with Anthony. I don't know if you know him. He was two grades below us. Um, I met him in. Um, drama class, Mrs. Poulin's drama class in high school. And do you know which Anthony I'm talking about, though? I do. All right. I call him Ant, and some people call him Tony. And I'm like, why do you call him Tony? Like, he doesn't look like a Tony. He's, an, he's either Anthony or Ant to me. And it's so funny you said that. Um, okay. I, I guess I won't call it. Anthony Tony, whatever. Well, it's just like I don't, I don't like when people call me Joey. There's only a couple people that have ever gotten away with calling yeah. me Joey for longer than first time they did it, and I'm, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. You know? I've it's called amazing. you Joey before, and you've not said one damn word about it. That's and that's what I'm saying. There's uh, there's there's oh, very yeah. few people that have called me Joey True. consistently that I haven't been like, yeah, no, you got to stop that. No. You're not a Joey, though. I've I've done it, like, I don't know why I did it, actually, but I remember doing it. See, guys, when he is cool, when he's being a good person, he's Joe. But when I have to reprimand him, he's Joseph. And then I don't know why I called you Joe. I have no idea why I did that. Hmm. I have to think about that. Yeah, you're definitely not a Joey, though. That sounds... I don't know. I don't know why, but you're just not. I always tell people it's because mm. I'm not a baby kangaroo and I don't own a pizza shop. <laughs> I mean, those are fair points. <laughs> those are definitely fair points. But you are part Italian, though. So, so fair, fair, there fair is enough, that. Fair enough. There is <laughs> that. But I, I don't remember why I called you. I think it was like, so remember how Joe was saying how, like, people, like, we bust on each other all the time. I think I did it to be like kind of an ass. Like, oh, Joey. I think I did it to be an ass. I think I did it to be an ass. I'm going to be honest with you. Because I, I probably I never knew he hated it. No. And hey, I've been called um, a lot worse, so don't worry. <laughs> fair enough. He, fair enough. Fair enough. Any last topic you want to talk about before we um, sign off today? No, we got to get your shout-outs, though. 
No, I already gave my shout out to Elliot. I don't have any other oh. shout out. I don't know why I did it that so was early, it? but all I, right, all right. Um, we don't have to. We don't have to I'm force the to think shout of out. Another one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess that would be it. Um, Elliot and all the other dads, like you said. But I also like. I, I want to be clear. I do want to shout out the pet dads because I feel like those guys are pretty amazing and. Taking care of a pet is like taking care of a child sometimes. Um, there's, there's a lot. There's, and the thing is, a pet can't, like, communicate with you and tell you, you know, I'm hungry. I'm sick. My stomach hurts. Like, it's probably a little bit tougher. But, um, yeah, I guess that's it. All right. We'll dream up um, some great topics for next, for next time. There will always be yes, more. We will. Oh, constantly. <laughs> thank you all for listening once again. Joe, thank you for joining me and in my insanity. I'm, I much appreciate it. Um, happy Father's Day again, and I hope you enjoy your day. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy your day, too. Everybody, summer solstice is tomorrow. Be ready. Longest day of the year. Let's get it. Oh, and it has to be on a fucking Monday. It has to be on a Monday. <laughs> Uh, of course. Anyway. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks Bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.